choosing the right amount of recovery after each race and after each season allows for consistency in the long term and from yeah. season to season. So we've almost started at planning your season as a whole, looking at the week, thinking about other specific training uh, adaptations. And now we're saying recovery is part of a big multi-season long adaptation and long-term athletic development. And treating that well is going to help you the most as an athlete. Welcome or welcome back to the Bertrand Podcast, Running Long. I'm your host, Francesco Puppi. I'm a pro athlete for Nike and also a Bertrand coach. Today's guest is Daniel Rowland, a trail and ultramarathon runner and a coach who also collaborates with Bert. He's one of the most interesting profiles I follow on Twitter and he's a great expert in endurance science. In this episode of Coach Lab, we talk about recovery and managing the time after a race. It's a very delicate and important period, both physically and mentally, both to make sure that you're recovering well after completing a preparation and a race and to lay the foundations of what's next. We talk about how the cardiovascular, muscular, and hormonal systems recover at different rates, how we can maintain fitness after a race, how long we should recover in the context of a racing season and with an eye on our long-term athletic development. Personally, I enjoyed this conversation a lot, and I hope you will too. For those of you who are new here, Bertrun is the number one app for trail and ultramarathon runners of all levels. Our mission is to make trail running accessible to everybody everywhere through affordable coaching. This is why all our coaching plans cost $25 a month. With your Bertrand subscription, you will get a personal coach who checks in with you each week to answer your questions, adjust your training plan, and keep you accountable and inspired. This year, Bert is also the official online coaching of the UTMB Mont Blanc event and the Skyrunner World Series. This means that we have designed specific training plans for 14 different races by UTMB, including the UTMB World Series Finals in Chamonix, plus all the Skyrunner World Series races. Discover more on our app and unlock your best finish ever with Bert Run. For those of you who want to give training with Bert Run a try, you can also take 30% off your first month of training with the code RUNNINGLONG30. Coach Daniel Roland, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me again. I've enjoyed our previous conversations, so I'm looking forward to this one. Awesome. How are you doing? Very good, thanks. In base training and it's going well. So I'm looking forward to the summer and, and getting to some races. Cool. Yeah. Just like uh, we talked about in the previous episodes, um, being exactly. consistent with training and just uh, setting up um, your your season correctly and then achieving each training block for a successful season. Cool. Um, I'm actually a little injured but nonetheless i'm still um trying to get ready for my my racing season um staying very active with cross training particularly cycling so it's, of course it's not the same as running but um it's it's very important to to keep fit and to 
to lay the foundation for what will be my 2023 summer season. Yeah, agreed. Maintaining the fitness is critical and good exactly. luck with the injury. <laughs> Thanks. So we, we've talked about how to set and get ready for a goal, a race. Um, we've talked about periodization and how to set up your training week. Um, our last episode what about, was about how to manage, handle, and execute training. We're not going to talk specifically about race day because that's, you know, it, it can be a very vast topic. Uh, there is nutrition, there is strategy, there is just, there is the mental aspect, of course. Um, I, I like to see the moment of the race as like the execution of what you learn through training. Um, nothing that you shouldn't be ready for because that's why we, we train. That's why we put in the work. Um, but I wanted to focus the topic of these conversations on training and what we're currently missing is recovery. Um, and in particular, in particular, taking advantage of the time off after a race and also like training after a race, of course, after a big goal, um, like after an A race, we might, you know, take a few weeks off or just uh, a few weeks of maintenance where training is just kept at a minimum to keep up our fitness. Um, so we're going to discover why does that is important and um, what are the the necessary stimuli stimuli to make the most out of this period after a race that is always maybe underestimated a little bit um, because, you know, the focus is always on the preparation and then on the race. And it's easy to forget about what happens after the race, but it's still very important to grow as an athlete, to think about our long-term athletic development, I think. And um, yeah, to, to start uh, the next preparation in a better place than what we were before, I think. So um, um, looking forward to to this discussion and um, let's maybe start talking about the race. Like what is a race from a training, um, yeah, a training perspective? Yeah. So I agree with everything you said. It is critical to mm -hmm. think about what comes after a race and to remember that we're still athletes. That doesn't stop happening the day after a race. So it's a, it's a great topic and our bodies don't necessarily understand the big mental relief of completing an A race um, to the body. It's just another physical stimulus or a, a large stress, but with a, that, that can be very similar to other training days and other big preparation sessions. So of course, physically a race is where you'll go all in and there will be a lot of stress yeah. and that does require time to recover. But we can also think of stress as a positive signal for future adaptation. So you could think of if you do a, an ultra marathon, that's one very good long run in preparation for future races. So physically, I think we need to be both cognizant of the demands and the stress of the race, but also appreciate that it's a positive stimulus. And if we adapt appropriate, appropriately to it, 
we'll be better athletes in the future. Of course. Um, I was actually reflecting on, you know, the intensity of a race compared to training like a hard workout. Of course, we're never really going to the well during our preparation. Um, I was reading a very interesting uh, uh, opinion on uh, the morning shakeout newsletter by Mario Froioli. And he was mentioning that like our, all our, all our um, big workouts should be at a B plus level, not necessarily A plus because like if you go, if you achieve an A plus in a workout, you're probably going too hard and uh, it will be mentally and physically hard to recover. So the benefits might be <clears throat> um, less than what you would get if you only achieved a B plus. So yeah. I like to see that um, compared to, to a race where of course we're trying our best, our, our very best for, for that day, for the conditions that we we are uh, for how our fitness is. Um, so, but, but I also agree that a race in particular, a prep race, but also an A goal can be an important um, stimulus for what is next. Yeah, I think that's good context. And I, I like that idea. Um, I also talk about maybe not specifically to workouts, but mm -hmm. with a whole week of training to say to an athlete, aim for a B plus in the week itself. You know, it's okay if you have to shift sessions around a little bit, or maybe yeah. you don't hit the total volume that you wanted this week. It doesn't have to be a perfect week every week. So that concept is important. And maybe two other thoughts around the, the race itself is that um, it, the difference to a big workout is that we also put a taper in place and we do freshen up. So in that regard, um it's hard to go to the well in a, a, all of the workouts and that's something that you want to be careful about but you should also be in a better state and a better condition going into a race to race harder as well so perhaps it will be more intense or harder than some of your workouts but hopefully you've also structured your plan following all the guidance we've given in the previous podcasts in a way that allows that to happen and then the second thought is just that you know races aren't magical days so sometimes you just have to do the best that you can on an average day. We always hope for a, a magical special day where everything goes perfectly, but that's not necessarily the way that racing and physiology works. And sometimes it will just be an, an average day and you have to do the best that you can on that day. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe, you know, one of those, one of those magical days happen two or three times in your athletic career. Uh, those are great. Uh, they leave you with a special memory for sure, but it's not um, the norm. So yeah. yeah, it's important to highlight that. Um, and also, I think this, this is also related to how often we race, like the frequency. It's important not to race too much, I think, because then we're giving our body a very intense physical and mental stimulus that is hard to recover from. But at the same time, uh, racing too little, we're not going to be ready for, you know, the stress and um, just everything that goes around planning and executing a race from 
you know, the travel, um, the pre-race, um, just having to, you know, spend a night maybe in a hotel, um, the logistics, it's, it's a skill, uh, something that needs to be practiced, I think. So to be a little experienced with that, I, I find it useful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that ties in nicely to the next point that we wanted to maybe speak about was the mental, um, effect after a race. So exactly. physically, it's certainly something that's, um, is maybe a stepping stone in your long-term athletic development, but mentally completing a race, um, might just be a point where you need a more of a break. There might be a, a relief that you finished a period of training and maybe a relief from the discipline needed to maintain your diet and to um, look after your training and not miss sessions and look after your sleep really well. And certainly you're probably entitled to a little bit of a break, but um, I think that maybe distinguishing those points between the mental and the physical and realizing that physically you might not need the same thing that you need mentally and balancing those two components is important. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, I find myself in this situation a lot in particular, you know, the last race of the season is always a big relief. <laughs> Looking forward to going in off season after a full year uh, of intense training. So yeah, it definitely gives a sense of relief. And it's it's also true that physically and mentally, we may need different things. Um, what I find is that sometimes we recover um, physically, we recover quickly than mentally, and sometimes it's even the opposite. So it's important to pay attention to those processes. And um, now I think we're going to give a few ideas uh, and concepts to better handle both sides. Yeah, I think that's important what you're saying. And, and maybe it's to be aware of your sensations and your thought processes and to look at both of those and think about what do you really need? Do you need a break from running because you're exhausted because it's been a long season? Do you need a mental break from the discipline, but you still want to run a little bit? Do you need a, a break from running um, because of the impact or do you need a mental break to change to a different sport or mod modality where there's no pressure and you're not looking at, for example, your paces that you've been looking at closely. So exactly. If you can think through that process and identify what are you really feeling and what are, where do you feel like you need a break or where do you need to give yourself a little bit of relief from the stress and the tension of, of leading into the race, you can choose which dimension to relax on. And that might not mean taking three weeks off training completely. It might mean changing modality or doing something different. But each athlete needs to assess that for themselves. And, and I think that first step of awareness and trying to identify what you really feel like you need is, is important. Yeah. That's why I think the post race can be more flexible than our preparation. Uh, we don't need to know exactly the specifics of each training session. Maybe we just need to have uh, maybe a general view of our weekly planning, um, maybe for three, two or three, four weeks. Um, but I think flexibility is key. Uh, pay attention to your energy level, maybe to your HRV, to how stressed you are, um, to what is your like the mood of the moment. I think, and uh, it's also a good opportunity to um, to turn to other 
activities, um, not necessarily running, you know, it's a very good opportunity for some cross training and um, develop um, a little bit of versatility in other sports, which I think a lot of times is what um, preserves our longevity in, in the sport because running is, a, is hard. Um, we cannot expect to be running 365 days a year all at the same level. So we definitely need, need breaks and um, cross-turning alternatives are are great for, for this purpose. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. And you can still stay in running if you want and choose routes that you might not have had a chance to do yeah. or make it more of a hiking and running session if you're in the mountains but maybe just removing all the pressure from trying to perform. I think that's a really good point that you raised there. And as in the whole season preparation, even now, like we're early in the season coming up to summer, I try to tell my athletes, like, don't force anything now. There's going to be a time when I'm going to ask a lot of you as an athlete in terms of uh, discipline and achieving the training goals. And right now is not the time to yeah. force yourself out the door save that willpower for when it's going to really bring a greater return and when it is closer to the races and it's critical and after a race is a similar period there's a lot more flexibility and as you said don't don't force the mm -hmm. the training be kind to yourself and, and listen to your body you might feel good it might be a relatively short race and you're in good good shape and, and you can continue training that could be a, an option as well. So it's really just awareness of the mental and physical demands and being kind to yourself as an athlete. Definitely. Yeah. And there is time when training needs to be structured in order, in order to get the most benefits and progress. Uh, there is other times where we don't need the same discipline and structure. Um, we can be more flexible and just enjoy the freedom of running or any other activity that we like. So uh, it's the recovery period is a great opportunity for that. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit um, how long we should recover after a race, a big race, an eagle. Um, of course, that depends a lot on the type of race, on the preparation, on um, where this race is placed within our season. So there are many factors what are some that are important to pay attention to and how, how does the body actually recover from, you know, there is, we've seen that there is different types of recover, recovery, um, physical and mental. So can you, can you go through all that? Yep. Fantastic. The way I try to think about it is perhaps on three different levels. So if we start with the, the cardiovascular system, um, the heart and the lungs, these recover after a race almost immediately, right? Your heart and lungs have to keep working because your body still needs to function and um, the heart needs to still beat and you still need to be able to breathe. So the recovery from that perspective is, is quite quick. Um, the next level that I would think of is the muscular system. And this really depends on the type of race. Um, this yeah. is the feeling of, of sore legs, of um, could be muscular pain in the core and your back, depending on the type of terrain. This usually takes exactly. It usually takes a little bit longer to recover from, 
it depends how fit you are, how much vert was in the race, how prepared you were for that vert and those sorts of factors. But in general, it could be anywhere from a couple of days up to a week. So we've started with the cardiovascular system, almost instant recovery to the muscular system, which might take, as we said, up to a week. Even and for the long ultras? So, so yeah, food. usually, I mean, a lot of runners who do long ultras, their legs are fine by a week mm -hmm. later. And there might be a little bit of um, some stiffness, but in general, they're not still feeling a lot of leg pain. Um, and this is something that's, as you said, it is quite interesting. It's something that can lead athletes to start training too soon again, because their legs aren't sore anymore. But then we haven't touched on the third level that I think of as the sort of endocrine or the hormonal system. And this does take a little bit longer to recover from. It can be knocked out of a homeostasis by doing a very long event, especially if you go overnight, that impacts the circadian rhythm. It impacts your eating routine. There's many different factors that are quite heavily influenced by a very long ultra. Um, also a very intense, even a marathon distance race yeah. can have a big impact because of the level of glycogen depletion, and that can have an impact on our hormones and endocrine system. And this takes a little bit longer to recover from the, probably the best indication of that is mood or motivation. So sometimes you'll see after a few days, the legs are feeling better but you don't really want to run anymore. That could be an indication that something is not quite right and you're not yeah. ready to return yet. So that's what I was saying that sometimes athletes start too soon. They think, okay, my legs feel fine and I can start training again, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're completely recovered. So looking at your sleep, whether there's any sleep disturbances, looking at your HRV as a factor can also help, looking at your resting heart rate and also just your general motivation that actual motivation to go out and train. <clears throat> Often athletes are motivated to go to the next race, but they don't necessarily feel motivated to do the training on a day-to-day -day basis. That can be a, a sign that something's not quite right yet. So perhaps the best thing to do is look at those different levels before you start training intensely again. And I would say, for me, the, the guidance that I give athletes is you can start gently, gently training gently training again, but we probably won't place any high intensity sessions or focus sessions until all of these recoveries uh, at different levels have occurred. Very interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about the fatigue that we feel maybe for quite a few days after a race. Do you think it, that is more a consequence of like muscular damage um, and just how we are recovering from a muscular standpoint, or that is a result more of the endocrine and hormone system? It's probably a, a combination of both. Mm. It depends how deep you go and, and how hard and intense the, the effort was. I would say that for shorter races and more intense races, it's probably almost purely muscular. Um, mm -hmm. They will be obviously added sort of marathon level, some glycogen depletion, but if you manage to avoid hitting the wall and your nutrition during the race goes well, perhaps the impact on the hormonal and endocrine system is not as uh, lower. Is not a big a, a, a yeah. impact. It's really when you get into ultras and maybe multi-stage events, 
that you can really knock yourself out of a normal routine. I mean, a four-hour race, you've probably ate a normal breakfast or a large breakfast before, and you can eat a good recovery meal later. If you do a 10-hour race, you've missed a meal, there's been significant depletion and a lot of demand on the metabolic system. And in that case, that probably has a large impact on the hormonal and endocrine system. Yeah. And um, what about the length of the recovery period depending on the length of our preparation what is an approximate correlation between those two um can you if there is any. an example yeah what what are like, you thinking about uh you know if our preparation has been very short let's say six weeks to get as ready as possible for you know a 50k or, or whatever um i think it takes less recovery compared to maybe a full three or four months preparation where we had time to complete all the specific training blocks leading up to our goal. So probably the recovery period should be longer. Is there a correlation between those two or just, you know, yeah. approximately as I was mentioning, the longer the preparation, the longer the recovery period? It's a good question. I think it depends on how you can execute the race itself. So it could probably go either way, in fact. So if you have a very short um, preparation period and you still manage to race at a very uh, hard, high intensity, you might actually need more recovery because you were less prepared for the demands of the race and you still went for it. True. Perhaps if you have a longer period of preparation you might be more adequately prepared for the race in which case the recovery might be shorter equally if you're more prepared you may be able to go harder in the race in which case you might need a longer recovery period so it really depends on on how you're able to execute the race itself and um, how things go on the day of the race and i think rather than using your preparation as a guide is to assess your physiology and your sensations after the race and let them guide you. Um, use the HIV data, mood, motivation, sleep, all of those sorts of factors, muscle soreness, rather than trying to come up with a metric that relates to the training period because it could go either way and rather mm -hmm. assess where you are after the race uh, rather than trying to uh, assume a particular recovery period is needed yeah interesting you know i was asking this question because at a personal level a lot of times i feel like i need maybe it's more mental than physical but i need recovery from not just the race but also the preparation because it's very intense it's very demanding so i really need a break i really need some unstructured training um i still maintain you know my fitness i still do some kind of physical activity but i feel like i really need that time to give myself space to to recover so um usually for me like the longer the preparation the more i need this recovery period so yeah. there's maybe a correlation but of course it, it could depend on several factors and on each individual's story so Yeah, I think definitely. And I a... think what you said there about the mental need, that might be more of a, a mental break is needed. But I think 
you know, for the first race of the season, you probably can transition quite quickly to yeah. uh, preparing for the next race. So it's different at different points in the season. Exactly. Uh, obviously, if you the first race of the season has had a less disciplined period of training, but I'm sure you transition to the next race in two to three weeks. It's, it's still possible physically. So yeah. it really depends where it's, it's placed in the season. And, and I think that comes back to what we were saying right at the beginning is understanding and having an awareness of what you really need. Is it a physical need? Is it a mental need? Is it a need for your lifestyle that you just need to spend more time with your family? For example, that you can't commit every weekend to doing long runs. Yeah. Um, balancing all of those things is, is how to go about it and, and assessing what, what you really need and making sure that you give yourself that opportunity. Yeah. I think for, you know, the first races of the season, sometimes you, you get to the finish, you get it done and you're already thinking about the next one. So the recovery period is mentally is very short. Like yeah. you want to get back to training as quickly as possible. And, uh, you know, I'm sure for me, it will go this way at the gamma because three weeks after I will have the world trail championship. So maybe you know, from the day after the gamma, I will be thinking like, like focusing already on the next goal. It's not that I will be, you know, crushing workouts right after it, because of course, physically I'll be tired, but yes. mentally I'm already on to the next goal. So that's what happened with me usually during the first races of the season. But then when I have like a final goal, um, say in the fall, October, November, whatever, it's usually a chance to to rest more yeah. uh, and go to a sort of off season. Yeah, I would say that for me, I think that is more mental fatigue at the end yeah. of the season. <laughs> Ironically, you can probably often be best prepared physically for the first race of the season because you have time to put all the blocks in place, as we've discussed in the past. You know, in the off season in the winter provided nothing's gone wrong, you can do really intense focused training. And then when you get into the season, you're working out different periods of maintenance and recovery and taper and recovery. And you might actually be doing less training for the later races in the season than you are for the first race. So physically, you might have done a little bit less training or had less load because of the different races. And then at the end of the season, it's mental fatigue that arrives. But at the same time, if we're looking at a whole season, we need to think about that point that we made. Of what is a race as a physical stimulus? And for you, Zagama, it's a race and it's a big focus, but it's also a fantastic long run and a high intensity session before the Trail World Champs. It's perfect exactly. three weeks before. So <laughs> it's, it's a great stepping stone itself. So always keeping those things in perspective is important. Exactly. That's why... You... I need a coach to to guide me <laughs> and yeah. keep me inside this perspective. Thank you so much for listening to Running Long. In this quick break, I just wanted to share with you a message from one of the athletes that we coached through Bert Run named Emily from New Zealand. Emily won St. Clair and Lochmera Trail Half Marathon last year. She says, I can't quite believe my year of running. 45 years young and never faster. Middle age running is so rewarding, I'm grateful to have the help to do it. We were really proud to be able to coach Emily and watch her progress as an athlete. And this is just one example of the progress that our athletes have had thanks to Bertrand. Emily is an Explore athlete who trains with our $25 a month coaching subscriptions. 
If you want to try out Virtual Coaching 2, remember that you can get a 30% discount as a podcast listener with the code RUNNINGLONG30. A very common question that we get, uh, and I think is like sort of a like um, common belief of uh, many athletes, many runners, is that you know immediately after their the race they're going to lose their fitness, and uh, somehow people are always scared to lose fitness, which is something that I don't agree with very much because we need to lose fitness in order to gain fitness sometimes um but uh, from a physical standpoint how quickly does the training occur like how quickly yeah. are we going to get out of fitness after a race considering yeah. that you know, we know we, we want to grow we want to progress we want to think about our long-term athletic development yeah this is a good question and i think the first step to consider is what has surrounded the race so if you have a long ultra you might be taking anywhere from a seven to ten day taper leading into that race you know general taper will cut down the volume 50 to 70 percent it could be quite significant hopefully you'll maintain the frequency and maintain some of the intensity but the volume uh, will be significantly reduced to allow you to freshen up so that could be up to two weeks before the race where you have reduced volume and then, as we said, the different um, attributes of the body recover at a different rate. But if it's a long ultra, it might be you know, two weeks for everything to come back into a level of homeostasis where the body is ready to adapt to training again. So when you think about that, it could be anywhere from two to four weeks around the race where there's reduced training. So... I wouldn't be concerned about that because you have a, a very big stimulus in the middle, but you also need to consider that if you are taking time around the race, there is detraining occurring. So in general, the different attributes of the body detrain at different rates. And the first thing we lose is the speed. So if you uh, take off a lot of time, um, you know, two weeks will already start to see your speed being lost. Um, then the next level is the threshold sort of level. You start to see some detraining in the threshold in you know, three, three-ish weeks. And after that, it takes much longer for the aerobic system to detrain. So yeah. that's how you can think about it as losing your speed first and then losing the fitness at different intensities, going from the highest intensity to the lowest intensity, which is just your general aerobic system and endurance. So this is why when we started training we both said that we quite like a reverse periodization approach in the previous podcast where we were yeah. talking about building the whole season and typically that is because the system that you will have lost the most fitness on or where you would have detrained the most will be the speed and that's where we start again in the next building block so i think it's important to be aware that you will start losing speed quite quickly 10 days two weeks um is a point where you start to lose lose fitness and you probably if you can start training again you want to um, start working on those systems again the ones that will be losing the the fitness the most uh, so that's good news because you can bring in some short strides and high intensity training early but you don't necessarily have to bump back to the full training volume again exactly. very quickly so 
it's almost like a reverse taper after the race. Mm -hmm. You can perhaps maintain the frequency, add back some intensity when you feel ready for it, but you don't need to add back the volume immediately. Exactly. Yeah. So then the next question that I was going to ask, like, what is the mi the minimal stimulus that we need to keep in order to kind of maintain fitness um, as we understand at different levels, because different systems are lost at different race, rates, uh, speed, we're going to lose it before endurance, before the aerobic base. Um, so how would you set up um, you know, providing that we're not training in a very structured way, like, but what would you keep in your training week in terms yeah. of, uh, sessions and, uh, stimuli? Yeah, this is a great question. And it's really important to think about this at, at all times. So it's after a race, but also in, in the off season in general, if you have other, um, lifestyle influences that impact your ability to train is that, when we're training, we're always trying to develop different systems. So we have spoken in the past again about having a focus in different blocks where you're trying to develop one particular system and you keep the other areas of your running in a maintenance mode. After a race, you probably want to keep everything in a maintenance mode just while you recover. And it appears that about 50 to 60 or 70% of our usual volume is enough to maintain our general aerobic fitness. And um, probably one to two sessions of short strides is enough to maintain uh, a week. It's enough to maintain speed. So something as, as short as six by 30 seconds fast with adequate recovery of one to two minutes even is enough to maintain the speed. So you can see this is not a very demanding uh, program to get yeah. back into. So if you take two or three days off completely after a race and then you slowly start your training again at 50% at of your normal volume and you include maybe in the first week one set of short strides towards the, the end of the week five to six days after the race and then the following week two sets of short strides um, this is probably enough to maintain fitness and have you in a good position to start again two or three weeks later after the race very good um, so I assume that we don't need to think about, um, threshold or endurance, like long runs, um, immediately, like in meaning the first or second week after a race, that could be something that we think about later, maybe three to four exactly weeks after the race. Exactly correct. That's what we were talking about with the, the detraining. So maybe threshold, you might think about coming in three weeks later that mm -hmm. we don't want to leave too long, especially if there's been a, a long taper, yeah. but the short strides will be enough in the first two weeks. And I think we can use a, a smaller stimulus of um, tempo or threshold work. When you do come back in that third week, you don't need to jump straight back into the same session. So for example, if you were doing, let's just say four by eight minutes at threshold with two minutes recovery, um, prior to the race maybe when you come back you can flip that around and do eight by four minutes at threshold with one minute recovery it's the still the same volume but it's a little bit of an easier session just because the repeats yeah. are slightly shorter so you still get a good stimulus of threshold training but it's broken up in a way that's easier to manage and the session itself is a little bit easier yeah very very important 
Um, what about strength? Um, I've heard that after a marathon or an ultra, um, you know, after some recovery, it could be the right moment to build, rebuild some strength in particular for, for women. Um, what do you think about it? I try to structure my strength training throughout the season in a way that has much more less, a uh, much less strength training during the season itself. So in okay. the off season, um, when there's time to focus on strength and you sort of slowly building up the volume again, at that time of the year, we might do two to three strength sessions a week. As we get closer to the season, I'll probably cut that down to, to one to two strength sessions a week. And then in the race season itself, maybe just one session a week yeah. is sufficient to maintain strength. I wouldn't necessarily jump back into strength training during a season because it's not the most specific training that uh, will aid an athlete to perform better in future races. So during the season, for me, I try to think of strength as the minimum effective dose. Do as little strength training as you can get away with to make sure that you remain injury free and that you do maintain the strength gains that you made over the winter or the off season that doesn't need to be a, a focus. So I would much rather get back into those systems of a little bit of speed and threshold work first before doing the strength. Um, okay. It's certainly possible to structure it another way. If that's something that you feel like you really benefit from and it's something that you can ease into and it's a different modality that, that makes you excited, either going to the gym or doing it at home, certainly leverage that. But I wouldn't make it a priority because it's still not that specific to trail running itself. Okay. Yeah, maybe I was thinking more in relation to to marathon training, yeah. <clears throat> where, of course, training for a marathon, you're going to lose a lot of strength and there's more need of maintaining that strength. And I think from a uh, hormonal um, standpoint, after a race, after some recovery always, um, it's a good moment to start rebuilding some of that. It probably gets very um, suppressed yeah. after after the marathon, after the race. So Yep, that's a, it's a good point. It could be a, a good opportunity, I think. Um, maybe it depends where it is in, in the season. Maybe if you yeah. it's your last race or you've done a marathon and you only have another one in three or four months, you might want to approach doing some more strength. If you're in a season, I don't think that that's the stimulus that you want to focus on. So, okay. yeah, I think perhaps it's balancing it and finding the right place for it in a season. Yeah. And... Um... What do you think about other types of uh, aerobic cross training, meaning, you know, cycling or swimming, hiking, anything? Um, can they find a good place inside a recovery period? Yep, for sure. That's, so that would be uh, addressing the aerobic demands and making sure that you maintain your aerobic system. So I think that that's a really good way to maintain that level of fitness and um it depends again where it is in the season. If it's the off season completely, then yeah. it's not really a big deal to shift towards other uh, pursuits. If it's um, within the season, then again, you need to be careful that you are still being focused on the most important stimuli. So you don't want to shift too much to, to yeah. swimming or cycling if you have another race and your legs need to be ready for that. So 
I think it's always a good place for cross-training in a runner's uh, training cycle. And it's really most adequate for helping to develop the aerobic system. So I think if you can do as much aerobic training as possible and you use other modalities to help build your aerobic system, that's fantastic. Um, you always need to make sure that you are focused on, on the demands of the upcoming races. So it's finding that balance between those two things and certainly mentally it can be a good break to do something a little bit different as well exactly so maybe bottom line uh go ahead with cross training in particular after the last race of the season when you are really in your off season it's a great yeah. moment to to take up new activities to experiment a little bit uh do what you enjoy within your racing season you got to be a little more careful uh, because of course there's always going to be another goal maybe quite soon after you completed a race so um yeah it's always maintaining this balance as you mentioned yeah agreed that's a good summary um nice so last thing that i wanted to touch is um how do our races, our goals, and recovery periods fit into our long-term athletic development. Um, how can we really take advantage and think about a long-term process um, when, you know, planning a preparation, then executing the race, and then recovering from it? Because I like to see the recovery already as the starting point for what is next. Exactly right. I, I agree with that view. Perhaps the recovery is adaptation to the stimulus of the race. So yeah. it's both a starting point for what's next, but also a period of allowing the body to adapt and allowing for that super compensation after a big stimulus. So in our long-term athletic development, we want to make sure that there is some level of consistency from season to season. As we see from Olympic athletes, for example, they're looking at four-year cycles. Yep. If you're an athlete who's looking perhaps to get into UTMB, you might need two or three years of collecting stones or however their system works now to get appropriate points to get to that race. Um, it's similar for other lotteries, Hard Rock Western States and those sorts of things. So I think that it's important to keep our long-term athletic development in mind to give ourselves a chance to develop as athletes can take multiple years. So placing races in that context, both of how important they are as stimuli and opportunities for learning, and also de-emphasizing particular races as well and thinking it is just one race. If you do get sick leading into it or you do have an injury, sometimes it's better not to start and think about your long-term athletic development. You don't want to... Uh, hurt yourself in a way in one race that could impact the next two to three months and significantly reduce your ability to continue as an athlete yeah. so the, the race is always going to be there but exactly your health is more important yeah so for long-term development i try to think of it as as almost a a series of waves so mm -hmm. each race can be a peak of a wave and we don't want to drop off too far. So the waves will hopefully keep getting bigger and bigger as we get to the following races. 
And the period of recovery after the race is a way to ensure that we do adapt to that stimulus of the race, but not relaxing and resting too much to a sense that we get back to the state we were at the beginning of our training season. So hopefully if we can start each year a little bit better than we were the previous year, that means that our highs will be higher in the races and we'll have better performances. So for me, that's the, the long-term athletic development is thinking of having an increasing series of bigger and bigger waves where you can perform at a higher level, but not letting it drop off too much at each point into too big a trough. Yeah. I, I very much share this, this view. Um, anything else that you wanted to add? I think in this regard, it's important to think about your commitments to training and also the relationship that you have with your coach. So sometimes it can be tempting to maybe save some money and not pay your coach or to have a break in an off season. And that's certainly understandable, but also it's a time for learning as well. So you can fine tune some of your uh, weaknesses you can also think about um, reflecting on the season and spending your coaching time with your coach to discuss those sorts of things rather than thinking about structured training. So if you do commit to your running and you commit to a relationship with a coach, it's a useful time to develop the two of you together and to look forward to future races. So while you need maybe less structure and less instruction, on a week-to-week -week basis, it might be a time to look at the bigger picture and to start thinking about planning for the next season and to reflect on how you performed in the previous season and, and what the goals and focuses will be for the next season. So I think that that can be important. It's obviously a pitch for coaches <laughs> to say that and say, keep your relationship going. But we know that the most successful athletes do have good long-term relationships with coaches. And it's important to both understand from the athlete's point and from the coach's point, how the athlete adjusts and adapts to the stimulus of the races. Yeah, super important. I, I like that. Um, what do you think about like the whole recovery, post-race management and uh, longevity in the sport? Um, any any thought that you have to like I would I would like to think that you know my life as a as a pro athlete continues until a certain point until I'm able to to perform but uh, that I will still be able to run at 70 80 whatever years old so do you have any useful tips for longevity in the sport related to recovery and just managing yeah the loads and the races and our seasons yeah this is a great a great point and we've seen a lot of athletes who are racing at the top level um much older than in the past right yeah. i mean miguel harris won a race last year and uh, that was in his late 40s um louis alberto hernando has won the world champs in in his 40s so yeah. it's it's certainly possible to compete uh, for a long time i think that there needs to be a balance between consistency of training and long-term athletic development and providing enough time to recover from the season as a whole. So maybe it comes back to what we said at the beginning of assessing 
after the season what your real needs are for recovery. That might be mental. Some athletes might feel that they need a lot more time mentally to recover from the season and a lot less structure and a lot more freedom to do other sports. Maybe it's skiing in winter or changing to cycling or, or a different sport. Some athletes or after some seasons, there might be opportunities to have a very short off season and to go into the next training cycle with a little bit more focus. Perhaps if you had an interrupted season and you didn't do as much training as you liked, you, you could have a slightly shorter off season and build into that. So I think it comes back to awareness and appreciating what you need for your recovery and giving yourself the chance to do that. So the idea of that unstructured time and undisciplined or less forced training is what is important. And choosing when your motivation tells you to get back to training and listening to your body is the most important thing. And for me, that is really variable from athlete to athlete and from season to season. And being in tune with our bodies is the most important thing, I think, to create that long-term development. Rather listen to your body and understand where you are after that season, then start looking forward to the next season and thinking, well, I need to improve you know, five minutes over the Zagama race to get on the podium or to win. Uh, you need to say, where is my body at now and find a balance. So it's that shift from first focusing on how you're feeling physically and closer to the races focusing on the actual needs of the race and the times and the paces and those sorts of factors. Um, so that would be my sort of suggestion for long-term development is being in tune with the body, listening to it, learning from the past and finding a balance between the appropriate load at the appropriate time. Yeah. Very, very useful. Um, and I, I was going to add something that is maybe related to you know, the, the intensity of training, uh, like I would rather train, you know, 10% too easy than 1% too hard. And I like to think in the same terms as with, with recovery, like I would rather recover, you know, one week more or 20% longer, whatever, than getting, not getting enough recovery after, after a race, after a season, I think when we're in doubt physically or mentally, um, it's it's not always easy to understand what balance means in our specific situation. So like it could be a guideline or a general rule when in doubt, just make space, create room for for recovery for for yourself uh, to maybe also understand how you actually feel and need. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I give similar advice to athletes after they've had an injury or they're sick and say, always wait at least one more day after you feel like you're ready to get back to training. Mm. Yeah. And it's just a little bit more conservative. So maybe when we're looking at recovery period, it might be give yourself you know, two or three extra days up to a week um, after you feel like you're ready again. And that will perhaps just let the cycles of recovery complete themselves you might be on a little bit of a high because you slept well and had a restful weekend but maybe your body isn't quite fully recovered and that also matches up with those different systems that we were talking about the recover mm -hmm. at different rates so 
as you said, being conservative and allowing a little bit of extra time might allow for sensations that you're not necessarily aware of um, at that point to recover further. Yeah. Um, I, usually distance running, trail running is a sport where taking those kind of risk risks doesn't really pay off. So I think the conservative, conservative approach in the long term is much more useful and leads to more overall improvement. So yeah, that's maybe the conclusion. I think that's a good point. Yeah, it's the, it's the long-term consistency. So mm -hmm. I would say maybe we can bring that back to our last point of this discussion, which is about long-term athletic development and choosing the right amount of recovery after each race and after each season allows for consistency in the long-term and from yeah. season to season. So we've almost started it planning your season as a whole, looking at the week, thinking about other specific training uh, adaptations. And now we're saying recovery is part of a big multi-season long adaptation and long-term athletic development. And treating that well is going to help you the most as an athlete. Perfect. Daniel, uh, it's been a, a pleasure and super interesting to have you for this Coach Lab series. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you back for more future topics in our podcast um for now thank you very much yeah and, thank you for uh, having me yeah thanks yeah. for thanks to our audience for listening and uh good luck for the rest of your season thank you very much the same to you and the same to the audience as well good luck for the race season thanks we hope to have given you some useful information and uh of course feel free to reach out uh, if you have any further questions bye bye Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to our great interview today. I really hope you enjoyed it and I thank you for being a regular listener of this podcast. If you haven't already downloaded the Bertrand app, I encourage you to do so. There, you can connect for free with other trail runners of all levels in the Bertrand community in our in-app groups. You can stay in trail shape with our free workout videos and get affordable coaching for your next trail running goal all for $25 per month. Thanks again for being here today. Until next time, I'm Francesco Puppi. Thank you for listening to Running Long. <laughs>